poke him in the back of the neck. How you doing? Give him a good New Jersey. How you doing? That's not really a, a, a question if you live up north. That's just a statement. That's all they do. They don't want you to answer. They just, just move on, all right? Glad that you're here today. Man, look at this. This is great. You guys looking really good today. It's The weather's cooled off. It's going to be beautiful out this week. I think it's showing in your face. We have two whole weeks of fall coming up for winter. Super exciting. I hope you enjoy it. In six months, we'll have two weeks of spring, and then we'll go right into summer again. So, hope you enjoy it. Man, we're in the middle of this series, Can You See It? And I hope and I pray, we really do, as a staff, as leadership, that this little uh, video that you see at the intro of the series is not just something to fill time. That it's really kind of projecting on what we're praying for, what we're believing for, and we hope that it inspires you to do the same. Not to just, not to just attend a service, Right? That's, that's, the, that's step one, just attending. But hopefully you see that we are the church. Not this, this is. We are the church, and God's got plans for us, and, and there are people that are put in your life for that very thing so that you could be the connection, you could be the conduit. And uh, I'm, I'm just believing through this series and the next one we have coming up that kind of play off of each other that uh, we're going to see some great things in your life, in your family's life, in your neighbor's life. Got all kinds of good stuff. I'll fill you in on the map that's on the lobby wall at the end of the message today, but it, it goes with this week and next week's message. So uh, it'd be a little interactive for us. How many remember being 16? Is that too far, too long ago? How many remember being 16? How many remember knowing everything there was to know at 16? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking of this message this week, and this story came about. And when I was 16, I remember my first trip. I, was, I had my license for about a month. I lived in Clinton, Oklahoma, and I was going to drive. Me and a buddy were going to drive to Oklahoma City to hit Crossroads Mall back when it was a mall. Y'all remember that? And uh, it, was the, it was the place to hang out. I, I tell my kids about it, and they go, no. And I'm like, yes, thousands of people. And they're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, yes, it was great. So on the way here, though, on the way here uh, about El Reno, I had a flat tire. And I remember changing the tire, put the little donut on, pulled all over, and there was, you know, one of the first gas stations. And since I was 16, I pretty much knew everything there was to know in life. So I whipped into the gas station. It was a service station also where they worked on trucks and stuff like that. And I said, hey, man, I had a blowout. All I have is the donut. I need to get this size tire. I knew my size of my tire. I was very impressed. I, I need this size of tire. I just need a used one to get me back home. Uh, when, when we're done today so that I'll get a new one from some buddies of mine. But just give me a cheap, a cheap tire. At my old age of 16, I had actually never bought a tire in my life. But I was pretending that I had bought dozens of them. You know, that thing, kind of throwing up my, my know-it-all front. And uh, I remember the guy going in the pile in the back, looking, you know, the pile of used tires. Found a tire. Looked like it could come apart any minute. Said, I think this one will get you back home, plus a little bit. And I was like, okay, great, Awesome. And he said, uh, how, how about 70 bucks? That sound good? And I looked at my friend and I go, that sounds awesome. That's a great price. How many of you love to be suckered? Is there anything that, like we, me and my wife were talking about this this week. I said, what, what, do you know any stories of me getting suckered? Like I, I want to open with a suckered story, you know, because the, it goes with the message. And she started naming them off. And something hit me for the first time ever yesterday. I think I blocked those out. 
Because I didn't remember most of them. I, I think I just blocked. I'm not a sucker. No, that doesn't happen to me. 70 bucks is a great price for a $4 tire. That's great. And, and have you ever heard of the quote from P.T. Barnum where he says, there's a sucker born every minute? I have filled those shoes a few times, I guess. And my wife has record of all of them, dates, times, what I was wearing, where I was standing, all of that kind of stuff flows with it. You can ask her. I only remember a couple, but evidently there's a bunch. I hate getting suckered. I hate it. I think I just mentally block it out. Well, the message today is a little different. Talking about vision and, and just who we are and our DNA and all that kind of stuff. We, we went over core values last week, the four steps at South Point the week before that. And today we're going to talk about settling is for suckers, not saints. It's a good spot for an amen. Let me say it one more time. Are you ready? Settling in life with your faith, with Christ. Settling is for suckers, not saints. Settling is for suckers, not South Pointers. How about that? It's a good one. And, and you know why? Because as I read scripture, and this is just compiled over the last couple of decades, it's just Jesus never settled. Like he did things, and you would think in your mind, you go, that's, that's awesome. That's good enough, right? Like that, that should be it. I mean, that's, that's as good as you're going to get. And Jesus would just keep building on that and keep going and keep going and keep going. And it really has set a precedent for the way we feel as staff, the way we feel as leadership at South Point. So today I'm going to read you a bunch of scripture. We're going to go fast. Are y'all with me? Is that okay? Can we go fast? If not, we can go slow and do like two hours. That's cool too. But well, I'm going to read a bunch of scripture out of the book of Luke and out of the book of Acts. They were both written by Luke, who was a believer. He was a doctor, a physician that was Greek. He wasn't even Jew. And actually, he actually wrote through the book of Luke and Acts, he actually wrote more verses than the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote more books of the Bible, more letters of the New Testament, but Luke actually wrote more uh, content of the New Testament than Paul did. He's very sharp, very academic, mixed with very relational at the same time. So it's a great place for us to understand some Bible. So today we're going to jump in. I'm going to read you a little bit because through these seven or eight different little passages that we're going to read, I've seen a thread of Jesus not settling. And I think as we say, I'm a Christian which translates to Christ-like or pertaining to Christ, that means that I shouldn't settle in my life, right? Till I draw my last breath, I shouldn't settle. Now, I'm not talking never being content. That, that's, Jesus doesn't want that stress in our lives, does he? I mean, you should be content and happy with what he has blessed you with. But at the same time, the balance of that is I'm not settling in my faith. I want to constantly be growing. I want to constantly be walking in God's will. What's the adventure for today, Right? So I'm going to read you a couple of verses. We're going, to, we're going to stack them up today and tie them all together. The first one is in Luke chapter 2. It says this, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. He will be wrapped. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Now let me just say, this is not just a Christmas story. And I'm starting with this first to let you and I remind us that we have one Savior, right? Didn't, didn't Pastor Michael just a couple of weeks ago at, in uh, Questions for God, last series that we did, he covered, do all roads lead to heaven? Well, not according to most of the people that say they know how to get to heaven, including Christ. Christ said, I, I'm the way. I, I'm the Messiah. There's a difference. I, I'm actually God in the flesh, right? 
We have, we have one Savior, one hope, one salvation. Come on, somebody. This is, this is our promise that this baby born at Christmas, what we call Christmas, is our Savior. And now, let me just tell you, it shouldn't be a, just a Christmas verse. It should be a, how about maybe a September verse also? An everyday verse to remind me, you know what? That, that little baby that, that God entrusted us with, putting himself in the flesh, that is our Messiah. That is our Christ. That is our Savior. Amen? But what's great about that is we immediately see this, this one Savior who, let me ask a quick question, audience participation. Do you believe that Jesus could have done it all Everything that needed to be done by himself. Let me see your hand if you believe that. I 100% believe that. He, could have, he created the universe. I think he could have handled earth, right? He could have handled us. He could have done everything, but he didn't because he's a good God. He's a good father. He wanted to include his kids in on all the successes coming up, on the plan. Amen? So, so let's look at what he did. He immediately starts choosing people to do life with him. Listen to this in Luke chapter 6. He says, One of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. This is one of the most convicting message or scriptures. I read this and immediately go, When is the last time? Wait, wait, I've never spent the whole night praying. And I ask myself, Do I get the gospel? Do I get what God's trying to include me in on? When's the last time that I, now let me just tell you, there's been lots of nights that I woke up stressed at 3.30 in the morning, God help my goofy kids, help, like, you know, and I'm praying, that kind of stuff at at 3.30 in the morning. But when's the last time that the the mission, like, Lord, this is is all temporary, and you've included us in on it to, to be your light, to be you. So let's keep reading. He says, when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose, everybody say 12, Chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. You have heard, if you've been at South Point very long, you've heard some messages over the disciples, over these apostles, these 12. And here's what I want you to remember as we move forward in this message today. That Jesus chooses projects and not perfection. You've heard messages over these disciples. You know why? Because they were totally human like us. Every one of them had embarrassing pasts. Every one of them had issues currently in their life and struggles moving forward. Man, I love listening to, I love reading about Peter and how Peter was my guy. You know what I'm saying? Peter, like Peter, when they, he said, hey, they're going to come and capture me today when he's going to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Peter said, not over my dead body. I'll fight for it. I'll die for you. That's great. I'm glad, glad Peter would. But what Jesus was trying to emphasize, how about you live for me, Right? Because when Peter, when they, when they came, Peter backed it up. He pulled his sword out. He cut off one of the guard's ears. And Jesus said, that's not how we're going to roll, right? That's Scott Morris' version. But he said, that's not how we're going to roll. Healed the guy's ear. And, and then Peter left. He abandoned Jesus. Mr. I'm going to kill everybody for Jesus, which is kind of a weird thing to say anyways. But I'm going to fight for Jesus. And then he disowns Jesus. Aren't you glad Peter's in the Bible? That just me? Like, I want you to understand as, as we talk about the vision of South Point and how it's all on the church, like us as individuals, to, to love people and to, to invest in people and take, you know, to take the gospel to them. I want you to understand with all of the excuses that you and I have, 
all of the, Lord, don't you know my past? Don't you know the issues I currently have? Jesus is going, perfect, you qualify. Haven't you seen everybody else that I picked? I picked projects, right? Not perfection. Let me see the hands of everybody that's perfect. If you're sitting next to perfection, you can raise your hand. Okay, you do that. There you go. Guys, that was your shot. Yep. None of us, as I read through here, like there's this one Savior that could have done everything. And the first thing he does is pick 12 projects to walk with him, to spread the word. Can I tell you that almost every time, like I'm a pretty confident booger. You know what I'm saying? It's a downfall of me. Not that I'm great. I'm not saying that, but I'll try anything. I have the scars to prove it, okay? I've shared this before. In our first church, I'd just been a Christian like a year. I'd never touched a bass guitar. It was one of those churches that we had what they call preliminaries. I don't know if you ever had preliminaries in a church, but you would meet a little bit before Sunday school, and they would sing a couple of songs. That was preliminaries and give the announcements of the day, and then everybody would split up and go to Sunday school. And they got up one day, and they said, hey, we don't have anybody to play bass. We had like a bass, guitar, piano, and drums. And they said, we don't have anybody to play bass. Would somebody come play bass for us? And I'm waiting, looking around. There's about 100 people there looking around. I'll play. Yes. I don't know how to play bass. I'd heard of God anointing people for the moment, you know, maybe. Maybe that, like... I'm pretty gutsy on those things. But can I tell you, oftentimes, like nine out of ten times when I'm standing in that little room back there and the announcements are going and everybody's out and I'm standing there by myself, I get nervous. I go, Lord, I'm not qualified to do this. These people like creep my Facebook. I'm in trouble. <laughs> right? Like, and, I, and I try to share those to help us to understand that God picks projects that we all qualify because we're not perfect. God wants to do amazing things through you if we'll just say, okay. Okay, come follow me. Okay, okay, here we go. Do I have to be perfect the whole time? No, John. John and James arguing over who's going to be sitting by Jesus, you little arrogant punks. Be quiet. Peter saying, I'm going to kill people and then denying Christ three times. Like, he knows already. Be one of his projects versus one of Satan's projects. You got to write that in there. Be one of his. And so then we, then we keep moving. You would think that one Savior is enough and then 12 disciples are enough. Because, man, with that and the Savior of the world, the creator of the universe, you can conquer anything. But let's keep moving and see what he says. In Luke 10, it says this. After this, the Lord, Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers in his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. You, you immediately see it building. So Jesus the one Savior, and he picks 12, and you would think that would be enough, but he immediately, he has 72 others that he sends out two by two. And I love that because he's already starting. He's already starting. Jesus could have done it by himself, but what do we say about community at South Point? That's the only way you're, you're created to exist. You're not created to exist alone, amen? Genesis chapter 2, like God creates for six days and says it's good. He creates man, and he goes, well. And he comes back and he goes, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs people. 
I'm going to create somebody out of his flesh to stand beside him to be his community. And listen, God has not called you to be isolated. God has called you to be with people that believe like you. It's good to be with people at work that don't believe like you or neighbors that don't believe like you. It's great. It's part of life. But it's also super important that you have people in your life that believe the way you believe, that encourage the way you believe. Amen? Are you all with me on that? And then he says, in the middle of that, he picks them, sends them out in pairs. Lots of, there's a whole message we could get, get into on that. Sending them out in pairs to help each other, accountability, strength, prayer. Y'all, you need those things in people. Do you know that? You need other people's prayers. Could I get amen? You need other people's advice. You need other people's encouragement. You need that in life. How many of you feel great when somebody sees you in the lobby and they go, man, are you losing weight? Nope, but I love you. Yeah. I said one time, I said, yeah, I've lost about 20 pounds. And the guy walked behind me and goes, I found it, and just kept going. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of depressing, but at least it wasn't me, you know. It's encouraging to have people that believe the same way you do, know where you're going, what you stand for, that help encourage that and not drag that down. But in the middle of that passage, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Before he sends them out, before they dismiss service, he reminds them, listen, there's more than enough mission to go around. You pray constantly that God would send people with like minds and like hearts into your life to help with the mission, to help reach people, to be the light of this world, to be Jesus with skin on. Amen? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That's the second point. I want us to not settle, but let's be workers. How about at South Point, we just decide right now, we're going to be workers in his kingdom. Amen? Workers on his planet, on his vineyard, in his space that he created. Listen, this is not in your notes, but I want to share. Like this is, We've shared this several times over the years. It's so important to me because it's so easy. Here's my plan to share my faith with everybody. Because it's not natural sometimes to share your faith. Here's my plan. Are you ready for that? Invest and invite. That's it right there. Invest and invite. Investing is loving, being nice to, caring for, being polite to, helping, all of those things. Investing in people. Invest. You may invest for months. You may invest for years. And then the opportunity happens. Then the opportunity happens, and that's your opportunity to, to invite, to find somebody that is in need, that you've invested in. That investment has opened up their heart. They're ready to listen. They know you care. And it's a time to invite them. Hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come hang out at South Point with me? And, and I don't know if you remember last year when we shared the, the three knots. This is the qualifications I always use, use in my mind. The three knots, not K-N-O-T, but N-O-T. The one is if, they, if they're not in a church somewhere. Listen, if somebody is in a church somewhere, will you tell them to go to their church? Let's not steal them from another church where they actually have relationships and friends. That's a good spot for an Amen. Let's find people that aren't in a church somewhere because that's what we want to do. We want to include them in our church, not the building, our church body, right? Somebody that it's not going well in their life. Somebody that's not going well, like, man, what, what, you look down today, what's going on? Oh, I went to the doctor yesterday, not going well. Hey, man, why don't you, why don't you come sit with me at church? Church is a great place for encouragement. I feel encouraged all the time. Pastor's completely mental. He tells stories. Every now and then he'll throw in a scripture to make it spiritual, you know, and like it, you'll be encouraged. 
have a baptism, sing a song, something like that. You'd be encouraged and you leave there with, a, with some life in you. It's not going well in life. It's the perfect time to invite. And that last one, they're something that they're not prepared for. And how many of you ever been hit with something you're not prepared for? Now, my, my, my marriage was going rocky, and, and uh, this last week, um, we decided to split up. Not prepared for that. Nobody, nobody ever gets married and goes, well, I hope this lasts six months. Nobody, no, you, you're hoping that it works, that, that you're prepared for the long haul. And when it doesn't, you know what you need? You need some investment, and you need somebody to invite you to a good place, surrounded with life and truth and purpose. And maybe, just like Jenny said, maybe, maybe in the middle of, or at the end of that worship service, somebody will come out and say, if you need healing today, if you need encouragement today, if you're carrying a weight around, maybe just label that with Jesus and give it to him today. You understand how important? I mean, we, we come up with these little, I don't know if you call them gimmicks or ways to remember where to invest and invite, but can I tell you, those are the things that changed the way that I approach people. I'm willing to invest, 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 invest. And the whole time I'm thinking, throw me a knot. Throw me a knot. I'm earning my way into your life. And I'm not doing it out of wrong motive. I, I want them to know what I have, right? My neighbor, I, I'm not going to get into it because he may show up. And I don't want to share in personal stuff. But one of these days, I've got two of them that I'm working on. One of these days, they're going to get the right invite at the right time. And they're going to come here and they're going to hear Christ. They're going to hear Jesus for their life. They need that. I have two of them that need it bad. I want to encourage you. Let's just say right now, I'm going to be a worker. I'm not settling. I'm not settling for just being saved. I'm going to be a worker in the vineyard for Christ. Amen? It's good stuff. Luke 10, let's keep going. So it says the 72, they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Got a wild verse here. He said, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I love that verse, and I remember that because not only did he tell the 72 go out, it doesn't talk about any other qualifications they had. I'm just assuming all of them are projects like us. But you know what he did do for them? He gave him his authority. He gave him his power. And can I tell you that, we're going to get to it in a minute, but since the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, that, that really defined the Christian moment when the Spirit of God was poured out on all people so that all believers would have that authority and all believers would have that power that he's talking about. You have no reason to fear anymore. You have no reason to fear when you walk out. I don't know if y'all believe that. Y'all kind of looking at me shocked. You have no reason to fear. God has given you the authority to walk through your neighborhood, to walk through your work, to invest in people, to love people, to help people. It's under his guidance that we're going out. I think about that all the time. Lord, I'm not qualified. Hey, but I've given you my authority. You go do it anyways. And you learn to trust in him. Learn that his authority is what is driving me. His power is what's equipping me. Every now and then I'll slip too. I'll get off, the, get off the track and I'm reminded, oh wait, if I'm not walking in Christ in this, it's not going to work. If I'm not walking in his power and his wisdom and his understanding, this isn't going to work. I want to remind you before we go on that God has given you his authority and his power to be his light on this planet. 
Amen? Third one is, there. the next one is this. Acts chapter 1, this is where it gets good. Oh, your neighbor say it's getting good. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, I love this, in a group numbering about 120. So do do you see the process through the book of Luke and the book of Acts? Do you see it starts with, we have one Savior that could have taken care of everything, but the first thing he did is he picked 12 people to do it with him, to walk with him, to accomplish the mission with him. Then he picked 72 to go out and to multiply what he's doing. And then right here you see that the number has grown to over 120 people that he's already ministering to. And he's telling them, this power that I've given to the 72, it's going to come for all believers. One more verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 21 says this, And those who accepted his message, at the end of Acts chapter 2, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number, that added to their number that day. Let me, let me ask you a question. If, if, you, if you've been here for a few years, you've seen the growth at South Point. You've seen people come to South Point, give their lives to Christ, get baptized, go through growth track, grow in their faith, like continually growing in their faith. You've seen that. Can you picture it for another four or five services? Can you see it? Just me? Or like eight of us? Okay, but I would love for the rest of you to be able to see it too. It, I, I want us to not just say, Lord, we want you to bless South Point. That's great. Bless us as a, as a church body. That's awesome. I, But I want you to bless us with people. And not for numbers stats. Bless us with people that are hurting. People that are lost. That are confused. People that are actually needing what Christ offers. Life and hope and salvation and purpose. Amen? I want you to send people into our pathways. I want you to orchestrate the meetings with them at work. And in our hobbies. I want you to help us take that authority and that power that you've given all believers and step out in faith in that and invest in somebody and invest in somebody and invest in somebody. And when they, when one of the knots pop up, like, man, I just, I wish I had some friends to help me through this situation. What about your church family? I don't go to a church anywhere. Why don't you come sit with me? I go to the 930 service at South Point. Why don't you come sit with me and just to see what happens? It's a good, solid church. Why don't you come see what happens? Why don't you come sit with me? Listen, I've been, Jenny and I, we've been at South Point for, for nine years, just over nine years. And I'm super excited about what God's done in those nine years. I really am. I love to see the lives change, the families change. I give 100% of everything that God does to His glory. Every bit of it. I can't do anything. I just step on my tongue if it was up to me. But can I tell you something? This last and third point, we're not settling. And here's our mindset. We're just getting started at South Point. Amen? The reason we have an auditorium that seats a couple of hundred, so that we can do 912 services on a weekend in here 
and it can be full, and you can get to know a couple hundred people. And it doesn't feel like a church of thousands. We're just going to do over and over and over. I'm going to set me up a massage table back there and some, and some Gatorade. And I'm, I'm just telling you, like, that's my goal. Our, our goal is to reach people. I didn't, I didn't give up my life to Christ at 23 to hang out in a church. Somebody say amen. Right? I, I didn't, we didn't give up our plans and our strategies and our wills for our relationships and all of those things just to ride the Jesus bus till he comes back. I'm not settling because settling is for suckers, not saviors, and not saints. Because I look at Jesus from the time he showed up till the time he ended, he was constantly looking for people to give the message to. And as soon as they got the message, they became messengers. Listen, I want to pray this morning. And we're going to pray for a couple of things. One, you're not going to be able to see them at all. But these are those little, like what Google uses, the little red dot that Google uses on its map. You know, like when you get the little pin. And there's a table with these on it that are outside that door right now. And so then there's a whole stack of these little things. I want us, for the end of this service, to, to pray for our neighborhoods. Pray where I, where I live. And grab your little... Uh, pin, Google pin after this and find it somewhere close to where you live and we, our map wouldn't fit the way we all live so we have uh, Mustang, we have the word Mustang and Yukon, El Reno, all that kind of stuff and you can just, if you live in that city, put the dot there. But I want us to see a visual picture of the way God has laid us out across the metro area and I want to pray that God would anoint us with his power and his authority every single day to be his light, to invest in people, to invest in people, to love them, to be kind to them, to forgive them, to help them, to be patient with them, to be patient with them, to be patient with them. That's for me. Okay, that's the last three. To help them. And then when the opportunity is right, when one of those knots pop up, say, man, I'd love for you to come sit with me. Because our, our vision for our church is to love God and love people, but to bring you on boards for you to love God and love people. I want you to know the same hope that I have. I want you to know the salvation that I have. I want you to know the promise that I have. Listen, I don't know how it all happened, but I'm just like the guy in the Bible who said, I don't know, but here's what I do know. I was blind, and now I see. It's the greatest testimony, the greatest story in the whole Bible. I don't, I don't know who it was, what he did, but I was lost, and now I'm found. I, I was deaf to his voice, but now I hear it all the time. I was not nice, now I am. I was lost as a goose in a snowstorm, but now I'm found. His light is a, uh, uh, his word is a light to my path. His voice is a, a lamp to my feet. He leads me into his will for my life. He encourages me when I'm down. He gives me opportunity to trade my ashes for beauty. All through scripture we see those things. Today, can we pray that God would help us that God would help us be the church outside of the church. Can we do that? Listen, we could have great strategies, and we, we're going to use the, 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 where all the things are placed out there on the map the next couple of weeks to talk about some outreaches and the different. We're going to strategize according to where we live. But before that, let's just pray that God would use us to be a light. Let us be part of the, the millions and millions out there. Let us be the living church. Amen? Will you join me as I pray for my neighborhood? Will you pray for yours? Lord, I'm so thankful 
for your word. So thankful that we can look through Luke and Acts and we get to see this building up of your mission constantly. And I know that was very specific for a specific time, but I don't, I don't believe it's changed at all for our lives. I believe we're supposed to let our light shine before others so that they could see that light. They could see those acts of kindness, that investment. And they would come to know you through us. So Lord, we pray for that place you've put us in life. Where our apartment, our house, where where we're staying at is located. And we pray that you would use us. That you would anoint us with your power, your authority. To be kind, to invest in those people around us. To help them, to love them, to invest in them. And when the opportunity arises, to invite them. To just come sit with us. And maybe through a service like this, they would come to know you. Lord, as we put all these little stickers all over this map, we pray that it would be something visually that would just take hold of our hearts and our minds. That you have a mission for each of us. Lord, I pray those that are watching online would understand that you have a mission for them. That you're calling each one of us to be a light of the gospel of Christ. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We're not going to sing today because I want you going out there and putting stickers on the map and finding out where everybody lives so you can drive by their house, okay? Hey, you're dismissed. Follow up with us this week as we keep it all on social media and let you know some of our plans. All right? God bless you. Have a great day.